not just an event that we do once a year, but it's who we are. And we can't help but fish for men. We found that following Jesus will not always be easy. Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him, des- let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Luke 9, 23. Watch this. This is to help drive the point home. call to be disciples is the call to follow Jesus. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So the disciples that Paul was leading were to follow him as he followed Christ. Well, how do you know if the person you're following is following Christ unless you're following him too? So it's a co-following thing. Follow those you respect as they follow Christ, which means you've got to follow Jesus too to find out that they're following the real Jesus. Does that make sense? Yes. So following Jesus will change your life. Following Jesus will not always be easy, but following Jesus is always worth it. Not one of the 11 disciples who followed Jesus, who experienced a life change, who experienced great difficulty, ever wavered once they were filled with the Holy Spirit because it was worth it. Following Jesus begins by letting him lead you. Jesus said in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. And following Jesus continues by letting him lead you into serving. He said in John 12, 26, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. As we follow him, he leads us into serving, doing something that benefits others. Today's text, John 21, verse 18, is the last conversation with Jesus in the book of, with John that Jesus had in the book of John. Jesus said to Peter, most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself, that is, you put your clothes on, and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. Peter was going to be so changed that a day would come when it wouldn't be all about what he wanted to do in life. Said Jesus, verse 19 says, This Jesus spoke, signifying by what death he, Peter, 
would glorify God. And when he had said this, when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Wow, that's not very good news, is it? Here's Peter's response. Peter turning around. Here he is talking to Jesus. He turns around and looks at the guy behind him. He saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, who also had leaned on his breast at at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? Of course, this person is John, the one who's writing the story. Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? How many have done that? You get some bad news and you look around at somebody that's not getting bad news and you wonder, hey, what? Look at this response. Jesus said to him, if I will that he remain until I come. In other words, if it's my will that he stays alive until I return, what is that to you? You follow me. Follow me, Peter. What I do with John is not a concern of yours. You follow me. Here's our lesson for today. Following Jesus requires we stop the comparing game. Can we say that today? Following Jesus requires we stop the comparing game. Some of you have been discouraged because the trial you're in, nobody else is in the midst of, and you're endeavoring to do the will of God, and you look around and you compare yourself to others, and you feel shortchanged. But I want to tell you the truth this morning. The story is not over for you. There's a testimony coming. Before there's the money, first there's the test. There is a message coming that you'll be able to proclaim. But before there's the message, there's the mess. Stop the comparing game. It does no good. Peter looked around and compared himself to John and he felt shortchanged. Jesus was basically saying, don't do that. You follow me. We are to follow the one who is incomparable. If we're going to overcome the comparing game. Cumbrances like to use alliteration because it helps us remember. I'm going to talk about the problem and then some solutions. The problem of comparisons. The cumbrances, or in more modern English, the encumbrances of comparisons. Number one, comparisons can encumber the pursuit of our calling. God has a unique calling for you and I that if we fall prey to the comparison game, it will keep us from being the best that God has called us to be. It will dumb us down. Amy Carmichael, awesome hero, missionary from Ireland to India, had this to say. The reason there is so much shallow living, much talk and little obedience, is because so few are prepared to be like the pine on the hilltop, alone in the wind of God. I love that slide that uh, Mary and Darlene use sometimes during worship. It's that woman on the hilltop by herself and her skirts blowing in the wind, worshiping alone in the wind of God. Are you willing to go where no man has gone before? Are you willing to accept a challenge that no woman has ever faced before? God has a unique calling for you. Now, our calling should not lead us to be in disunity, but it should lead us to be all that he's called us to be. And if we compare ourselves to others and copy one another and follow one another around, we're not following Jesus, are we? I think I've made the point. Second point. 
Comparisons can encumber us with regrets. Now, we all have regrets about our past. Oh, I wish I hadn't done this. I wish I hadn't done that. Regrets. But if you compare your regrets with the regrets of others, it's going to hit you in a hopeless cycle, a vortex that will suck you down into depression and keep you there. Alexander Graham Bell had this to say, when one door closes, and some doors close because we mess up. Who knows that's true? When one door closes, another one opens. That door may be, may be to uh, you know, develop your character or whatever. When one door closes, another one opens. But we often look so long and so regretfully upon the closed door that we do not see the one that has opened for us. Too busy comparing our closed doors to other people's open doors and not seeing our own open door. Talking about the problem of comparisons today. Comparisons can encumber genuine repentance. Wonder who said this. I'm not Mother Teresa, but I'm not Charles Manson neither. Comparing himself. You know good becomes the enemy of best. Mediocrity is created by the one who just wants to be just good enough. Mike Tyson said that. The world does not respect this man. They seize him as an evil man. What locks their perspective into him? Because he defends himself by saying he's not as bad as this guy. Comparisons will do that. It'll cause us to defend where we are in life and we won't be the followers Jesus has called us to be. Comparisons can encumber our being honest. Can make hypocrites out of us. Well, I'm comparing myself to him or to her, and we put up a false front because we don't want to look bad. It becomes all about our image. Look at this church. They've compared themselves to other churches. They're putting up a good front. Just be the church you're called to be and be faithful at it. And follow the Lord. He will lead you to fruitfulness. Number five, comparisons can encumber encumber our not being judgmental. Can keep us from not being judgmental. Because I'm comparing apples and oranges, people to people, persons to persons. Suddenly we become what? Judges. Remember the Pharisee? He prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men defending his spiritual mediocrity here's a pastor isn't it great to take a Sunday off from preaching and enjoy another pastor's ministry he's lying he enjoys comparing himself to other people this church is unfriendly to visitors the pastor's a poor group facilitator I do better exegesis They're faking their friendliness. Comparing ourselves makes us into judges. Because sooner or later we get tired of being put down, so we start defending ourselves by putting others down. Next point. Comparisons can encumber our seeing Jesus as our model. It's putting our eyes on the incomparable that helps us overcome this problem. Comparing ourselves to other people opens the door to the fear of man. To dominate our lives. You see that? 
Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, in a world where success is the measure and justification of all things, the figure of him who was sentenced and crucified remains a stranger. It's Jesus who's to be the dominating figure in our life. He is the one we are following. And when we are comparing ourselves to one another, it robs us of following Jesus. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 12, we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. But they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. It has the appearance of wisdom. It's not wise to fall prey to that. It'll lock you down. It'll rob you of your joy. It will keep you from following Jesus with a whole heart. How to overcome the comparison trap. I'm going to preach this next part with great passion. Because a week ago Thursday, a pastor from Houston gave me a prophecy. Nathan Collins. His church is in Spring, Texas. He said that I serve people, some of whom have accepted adversity as a way of life. Just learn to endure. And he said that I am to exhort, teach, push, pull, anger, and irritate. You know, sometimes the truth that makes us free makes us mad first harass, upset those who have accepted adversity as a way of life so that they can begin to push forward towards the prosperity that God has for them. We're talking about more than money. We're talking about the abundant life that Jesus promised. And he said the day will come when the worship team will be unable to play and you will be unable to preach and everyone will know this is the presence of God. I want that. Do you not want that? Not some fake thing that we've cooked up, but the real presence of God that silences us all. I want that. And then he went on to say, harass, teach, exhort, rebuke, correct, anger, upset people who have accepted adversity as just the end of the story for them. I don't know about you, but I don't want adversity to be the end of the story for me. I want us to push through and follow Jesus. So here's my three final points. To overcome the comparison trap, set your heart on the incomparable. Worship, devotion, focus on the Lord absolutely is incredible. Is it not? As we magnify Him, we don't make Him bigger than He is. We actually see Him for who He is, bigger than we've had Him in our hearts. This is why we have things like nights of worship. Man, it was heaven on earth two Sundays ago here. Absolutely heaven on earth. We had a combined worship service with, with um, Crossroads Church. This Friday is going to be absolutely awesome. It's worship with rhythm and poetry. 
This girl from Kenya is a poet like nobody I've ever seen. It's going to be awesome. As we come and focus on the incomparable, the comparison game just kind of becomes foolish. Set your heart on the incomparable. In the bulletin is a brochure promoting an event called Ignite, the first Saturday. And all day, is, is Jesus worthy of eight hours of worship? Why don't we do that on Sunday morning? Why don't we? Because to worship that long, you need some kind of a festival deal. Well, that's what this is, a big worship festival. Watch this. This opportunity is so close to us, I'm just blessed. Usually these things are miles away, like up in Plano or some other thing. A day to focus on the incomparable, to be transformed. If you're struggling with comparison, if your bell is getting rung today, I encourage you, look at that, look at that insert and plan on going. If you, have to, if you have to move on it quickly before you decide not to do it, Buy the tickets now. That way you'll have to go. Ah, the tickets are $30. That's too much. All day long? When you served the devil, 100 bucks was nothing. Several cases of beer and a, you know what I mean? It's amazing. People become believers. Suddenly they have to go to bed at 6 o'clock. It's like, come on. Let's overcome the comparison game and get our lives absolutely transformed by the one who is matchless, who is incomparable, who cannot be measured, who is sizeless. Amen? Make room in your life for worship. Don't expect Sunday morning to do it all for you because it'll wear off by Wednesday. You need, need this every day, focusing on the incomparable. Learn to hear the inaudible. The voice of God, if you can learn to hear it, you can't hear it with your natural ear, but if you can hear it with the ears of your heart, He will always affirm you. Always. Now, He may correct you, but when it's Him, He corrects you one thing at a time, and that thing is always the root of the problem. He won't say, you shouldn't have bought that car, you shouldn't have bought that house. He'll say, stop comparing yourselves to others, and you won't get in over your head. I'm telling you, this comparison game is what the advertising world is all about. And I learned a long time ago, you cannot keep up with the Joneses. If your name is Jones, please don't take this offensively. Check the phone book. There's too many of them. It's not possible. Learn to hear the inaudible. Learn to hear the voice of God. A couple Sundays ago, I announced what I'm about to announce, and 25 people showed up because we are hungry to learn to hear God.
and he will put an end to the comparison thing. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. This is all about what being a disciple is. Following Jesus. In the Old Testament, there was a season where there was a famine for the word of God. I think in the New Testament times in which we live, in the American church, there is a famine for hearing the voice of God. Let's put an end to it. Learn how to hear the voice of God for yourself today. We have a journaling workshop. How do you like how I'm working commercials into this sermon? It just kind of happened. There's a journaling workshop here on the second floor at 4 o'clock. And in less than two hours, I will teach you a simple technique, approach. I don't like, I don't know what to call it. Just a simple way that if you'll do it every day, it'll become a pattern in your life. And the day that you miss doing it, you'll miss it. And it's a way that if you develop it as a pattern, you will hear God speak to you every day. And the comparison thing will be done, finished. My final point. Remember, you are one of a kind. Why do we try to copy others? Why do the limp wrists in Paris determine what we wear? Can we not think for ourselves? Come on, come on, come on. Everybody, this is a money-making thing, getting this comparison thing. I know, we're, I know we're addressing an issue in the culture, but it's wrong. It rips people off. It puts them, I'll tell you, the home crisis we have, a lot of people losing their homes. If you're losing your home, I do not want this to seem incompassionate. But there's a whole lot of people losing their homes because of the comparison game. They knew they couldn't afford it when they got it, and the banks did it because they knew the government would bail them out because of socialism. It's just the way it is. You are one of a kind. No one has genes like you. No one has fingerprints like you. No one has the abilities of you. You are unique. You have a purpose. You have a place in life. And comparing yourself to other people is ripping you off. It's the truth. Now, there's nothing wrong with admiring someone and acquiescing to their qualities, the discipline, the character they have in life. Um, but... To compare yourself to them to where you feel depressed, that is not right. It is not right. If you walked in their shoes, you'd learn life isn't so easy. Who is this lady? You know what I'm talking about? A week ago, Susan Boyle appeared on Britain's uh, show. Britain's Got Talent. Any American Idol fans here? Anybody like to TiVo it and then skip through the commercials and skip through all that talking just to hear them sing? It's great, man. Well, that span off from Britain. Britain's got talent. That's why Simon has so much power on the panel there. Because it started there. This lady walked up on the stage. People are laughing. You can see this on YouTube. I tried to download it so I could show you the video and just couldn't pull it off. Everybody got smirks on their face because she didn't have the look. 47 years old, single, never been on a date, never been kissed, unemployed. Compare her to other people, she's not going to make it. When she sang, she blew them away. Absolutely powerful.
pray. Lord Jesus, I've said enough, but your Holy Spirit can speak volumes. Apply this word to the hearts of your people where it is needed. I pray, Lord, that we will be sensitive to when we fall prey to this game where it does not ever again have the impact that it's had. And when we stumble into its jaws, trapped by its snare, may we be quick to repent and begin to focus again on the incomparable and endeavoring to hear the inaudible and walking in the truth that we are one of a kind. Hallelujah. Can the ministry team come forward and join me across the front? I want um, us just to take a few minutes, get a pen. There's a place for notes in your bulletin. And write down how this word applies to you. How does this word apply to you? And during your lunch today, if the table should go silent, and there's kind of this awkward silence, Pick a topic. No, I'll pick a topic for you. Talk about the negative effects that comparisons can do. All right? Let's, let's really try to apply this word today. Can we do that? We're up here to pray with and encourage you, pray with you about anything. It could be a response to the word or some other thing. It could be a response to the prayer that we prayed at the end of worship where we gave our lives afresh to the Lord. Pray with you about that. It could be sickness in your body. It could be a decision that you're making. It could be the comparison thing. We're here to minister to you. Lois is going to put on some music, and we are going to um, open the floor for worship. Yes, babe. Okay. I'm going to speak close to him because I can. She has a license. I have a license. No, but um, he has a mic. I met a man this week. Long story short, he gave this word, and I feel like it's relative for today. You were born an original, don't die a copy. That's good. You were born an original, don't die a copy. So for me specifically, I feel like I'm to pray with those who you've had a dream and you've let your dream die because you felt like you weren't good enough. Meet me up here. Amen. All right. So Lois is going to put on some music. We're here to pray with you. Take the note part of your deal and write on it how it applies to you. Because of the word I've heard today, I've, I feel, and just ask the Lord. You can even write down the question, Lord, how does this word apply to me? And he may give you some steps of action to put this, put an end to this. Amen. This robs us of prosperity in every area of our life. Praise the Lord. We're here to minister to you. Spend time with the Lord there as well. Jesus.
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And may you live in the light of our incomparable Lord. Amen.